the wealth building that happens from those four returns simultaneously pumping all the time on your behalf is dramatic. And once you see that, that doesn't happen anywhere else. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. Hello, another, everyone. Happy Monday. Awesome episode. And today we're going to talk about a topic that uh, was another question. And mm-hmm. from one of you out there and man, this is such a great question. Actually, this question came from our uh, Facebook group and it was such a good question <laughs> and he knew it was such a good question um, that he asked if we had ever done a podcast on it. And I said, no, but we will. And so today we are going to do the podcast on, on the question that was asked. And, and actually there were several questions in this thread, so much good information and content that came from just folks in the community, which is so refreshing, Heather. It's so much fun that we almost always comment, but it's so cool to have other people comment. They bring a, a completely different perspective and um, many, many times unbelievable good ideas for folks that, yeah, that, yeah. We, that we didn't mention. Agreed. So this is a good one. What are the resources to evaluate when you're ready to take on another property? So if you're sitting out there and you've purchased a property or you own a rental property, how do you know when you, it's a good time to buy another one? Like from a financial perspective, a knowledge-based perspective, just how do you know when you're ready to take the step to go to two, three, four, five, ten? 10? How do you know? Man, Heather, that's a great question. And we have never publicly talked about this like ever, but I know there's a lot of people, you know, I was thinking back just so many years ago to when I had, you know, done my first deal and how do you know when it's time to like ramp up and how do you, and I was trying to think through that before I answered. And also with a couple of decades of experience that I didn't have when I first started out, what would I have wanted to know? And, and then a whole bunch of other people um, pitched in as well, but we've got some really good, I think, responses to this question. And I then agree. a couple of follow-up questions that we can talk about, but it goes back to planning, Heather. I think that ultimately this whole thing starts with a plan, plan. Mm-hmm. and we've been preaching that since 2005. Like you have to have a plan. And if you don't, what ends up happening is you just end up buying stuff willy nilly yes. and you don't know what you're doing. And at some point we'll have people who call us up and they're like, they're lost, just completely mm-hmm. confused. And then when we sit down and actually build a plan, they're like, then they could take a breath, take a sigh of relief and go, Oh, okay. And that's why we try to do it up front with everybody. Try to build this plan yeah. up front with everybody. And I know when you, when you meet with people and you build plans, what's walk us through, like, how does the conversation yeah. change once mm-hmm. somebody actually has staring at a plan? Yeah. So when we meet with clients, we're basically going through who we are and what we do up front. That we're real estate brokers. This is how you know we get paid a commission for properties that we sell and place a buyer. Like this is who we are. This is how we find properties, right? And we've done a podcast on that that we can reference in the in the notes the or whatever. Yeah. For this one. 
but about who we are is the focus of the first part of the presentation. Then the focus really shifts to, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions. I want to understand why are we doing this, right? Why is this important to you? And that's a big focus that a lot of clients that I talk to have never really thought about. I would say 20% of people, when I ask that question, have any sort of clue as to what is important to them in having a plan. And so once we dial in and really dig deep on that and understand what the motivation is, then we move into talking about their financials and saying, okay, well, where are you at right now? What do you have to work with? Okay. When do you want to, what's your time frame? When are you wanting to achieve your goal? And what is your goal? What is your passive income goal that we're looking to accomplish? So we kind of shift into the financials and then last we're kind of getting into more of, okay, here's a plan. You have X number of dollars to work with and we're going to take those funds and we're going to in a simulation buy properties over the next course of five, 10 years, whatever your time frame is and see how fast we can achieve your goal. And if, if we miss it, say the goal is 10,000 a month, and we've put pr property into the plan, we're continuing to buy, we're continuing to contribute to the plan, and it, it falls short. In 10 years, you don't have your 10,000 a month. Then we know, okay, we need to pivot. Like if, it, if, if you wanna hit 10 years, then what do we need to change? What do we need to add to the plan so that you can? Do you have retirement accounts that we can use to start adding to that plan? Or, you know, so you can kind of dial in and really become clear and the cool part is, is in the investor portal, you can come in and change it. Plans change. All you can the time. update it. I love yeah. one, one of the comments that I think it was Sean uh, that was both of us really liked yeah. the comment. It was because of the, what did she say? Relentless. What was it? What, what was the yeah. comment? Relentless. Be, yeah. Yeah. Be relentless with building your capital and be patient with your mm -hmm. next decision. Love all of that. That's like quote worthy. All of that so that so that you are so that you're ready to buy when you see the next property that works for your plan, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't just hang out and wait for you to do, you know, whatever it is you got to do to be comfortable, right? It's you got to be ready. So mm -hmm. you continue to build and you know that all should be part of your plan too. Like how do you continue to build the capital and the more relentless you are at that, the faster this whole process goes. And something happens, I, I didn't say this in the post, but something happens on about property two or property three, where like the gears connect, everything just starts. It's like a, a starter on the car, right? When you're starting the car and the, it actually connects to the engine and then the engine starts, bam, just like that. And everything seems to just, you're like, oh, this is not that complicated. Yes. I can do this. And I don't, for some people that happens after one, for most, I think the majority of people, it's between like two and three. Wouldn't you agree with that, Heather? It's like two yeah. or three properties. People just go, okay, hammer down on this thing yeah. now. <laughs> yes. This is not that hard. And I can clearly see this works. And then we've actually done some, we've actually done some training on what happens when you hit like the, <laughs> you got the hammer down and then all of a sudden the car just stalls. Like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I've got all these properties now. What? kind of a thing. So we've done some on that, but we really haven't talked a whole lot about this front, front part where people really need, they, people really need the help trying to figure out how to get from one to three or whatever the comfortable number is to where they go. Okay. You know, like Sean's obviously there, right? It's just, oh yeah, this mm -hmm. is easy. Here's what you do. Hammer down, 
you relentlessly pile up capital and then you buy properties that fit your plan. This is easy. And you just keep doing it over and over and over again. Let's back up a couple of steps and talk about some of, I know what was meant to be in that question is financially and from an education standpoint, what do I need to know? How much money do I need to have? Really, how does this work? And one of the things that we tell, I think all of our clients is that you, you have $50,000 and that's what you have. Well, you need reserves, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to overextend yourself, use all of your money. And then if something goes wrong on the property, then you don't have any money to take care of it, right? Because it's, this is rental property and mm-hmm. something's going to go wrong. I mean, that's just part of the game. So we teach everybody to have you know three to six months per property in reserves. And then you need reserves for your life too. And you need as much reserves for your life as what will make you comfortable. If that's six months, great. I don't think you should have less than that. Uh, but some people aren't comfortable unless they have a year. And that's okay yeah. too. You know, whatever it is that makes you comfortable for your life, you need to have that. And that doesn't count for your investments. They, they need yeah. their own reserves as well, right? So you have to be somewhat liquid, but the liquidity can start to shrink with the number of doors that you have and the size of income that you have coming in from those properties. But out of the gate, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. Yeah. I think for me, my reserves a lot, my personal reserves are where I hold funds in my whole life insurance policy. We've talked about that pretty recently on here too. Um, so the money isn't just sitting and checking, not earning interest, but it's very liquid. I can pull it out and have access to it within a week. So that is a good way to have some reserves. And then for myself, I do six months. And honestly, Ron, for years of telling people six months of your mortgage payment, because that includes taxes and insurance, in reserves, I thought there is never a time where you will blow through that much money in six months until the eviction moratorium. I said, okay, yep, yep, it's now possible. (laughs) (laughs) And look, you know, I've had, I've had crazy damage happen to to one of my properties too. And you'd be surprised, man, when you have to rehab a a larger property, man, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money and you can burn through quite a little bit of money. Uh, And that doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. And so it's not just for if your property is vacant, it's also for if your property is vacant and you have to make repairs and your property should be able to take care of itself. It's the whole idea of having all of the cash flow is that, yes, the cash flow is nice because you're going to pile it up and you do what Sean was saying, right? You're going to pile it up and you're going to add that to your money. And then it creates this snowball effect. Well, the opposite of that is is true as well, right? Because the the property has to be able to take care of itself. And so sometimes when things go wrong, like if the HVAC goes bad, you have to replace it and they're not cheap, right? So you you have to figure for that stuff. And part of figuring for that stuff is having those reserves and letting the property take care of itself, Yeah, which leads to another point that was brought up, which is where, where does the money go? You know, that's something that we really don't talk about either very often. And, you know, it's something that you and I take for granted. A lot of people just take for granted that everybody knows that. But if you've bought a property and you've put it into an LLC, that LLC, it needs, an, it needs a bank account. Mm-hmm. In, order for, in order for it to, to stand up to any kind of a lawsuit, it has to be a business that's operating. And yep. that's not where your personal money goes. That's where the property's money goes. And you need to have that bank account. It's important. For a whole host of reasons, not the least of which is that if you put it in your personal account, you might spend it. 
but <laughs> but also because it's a business that needs to be operating. Mm -hmm. I did meet with JJ Childers. We interviewed him on our podcast um, within the last month or so. I met with him this week and the, for that reason, because I'm not doing that correctly on mine right now. And he is building a blueprint for me to get all of my properties where they're supposed to be, prepare all of the deeds to deed it into the LLC, set up bank accounts. And I didn't, I was telling Jackie on our team, I said, I didn't realize how stressed I was about that till I had that conversation and knew I had someone to help me make sure it was right and set up correctly. And I couldn't believe the weight off my shoulders yesterday. I hung up the phone, 15 minute call. And I was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? Because having that set up correctly and properly, knowing that you're protected in case of any sort of lawsuit or whatever, but also to have, just be organized, have your stuff. So there are professionals who can help you guys do this stuff and make sure that it's set up correctly. So a little yep, plug for that, absolutely. I guess. <laughs> um, and those professionals probably aren't on LegalZoom.com. Yeah, just, probably just gonna, not. Probably shouldn't do that if you want oh, to set up correctly. I have so, so much to say about this. This is like so intense for me because I my brain is going a million miles an hour of trying to figure out. And it's probably because I've met with hundreds of clients and I have recommended some, for the most part, similar thread of ideas for a plan, but really it's very individualized. So if you want a plan, you need to reach out to us so we can set a call and make yep. a plan for you. Our team, we have lots of great people we've trained to make these plans. So that's the first thing. The second thing is typically when you're starting out, you want to start out small. You want to dip your toe in the water and test it out. Boy, Sometimes have we seen that go wrong in the past, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with people starting too fast. Is that what you mean? Yes. Like with yeah. well, somebody like, yeah, I'm going to buy 12. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe yeah. like two, like maybe start off with two, like get you, get your yep. feet underneath you, you know, boy, that's, that's important. True. That's important. And you know, from a sales organization, usually people would not tell you to do that, but you're going to call us in like three months completely out of your mind. If you start with 10 or 12 properties, I mean, you just, mm -hmm. you got, if you go from zero to 12, oof, that's a big learning curve. And our investor portal, one of the reasons we built it is to help with that pain. Because most of the pain that I heard from clients was, I have like five property managers and I can't figure out what property they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what one's vacant. I don't even know up from down. So the portal is going to be, we're already in late stages of beta testing. We hope to have it out available to everyone by the end of March. And so the opportunity, it's going to be a small Netflix type of fee for us to maintain it because it is a beast <laughs> to maintain. It's a, a, a beast um, to build too. That's a whole other podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but that's the whole reason is so that you have the ability to have some tracking, some knowledge, some level of comfort and understanding how your portfolio is performing. Because why would you go out and buy something else if you have no idea how your current property is even doing? Like, are you mm -hmm. cash flow positive? I don't know. Why would you go buy another one? So having a good understanding of where you're at prior to going crazy and buying more. So typically when I build plans, I'm saying, let's start with one to three properties and let's just start there and see how things go and see how you like it. And I said, sometimes that takes 30 days and you'll know I'm ready, which is I think where Tyler is at in the Facebook group that brought up this question because 
that is what happens. They're like, well, am I ready? Should I buy another one? So you feel ready. You feel like you have a good handle on what's going on and you're ready to go again. Yep. Um, you have the reserves. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no I was just agreeing. Yeah. I mean, this, oh, yeah. Let, you don't have yeah. to overcomplicate it either. When yes. We're not trying to scare people off, but there's a difference between buying one and then adding a couple and then adding a couple yeah. more, then going 12 out of the gate. That yep. is like drinking from a fire hose. And if you're not ready for that, it's a little much is all I'm saying. Yeah. It's a little it's much. true. And the other thing the portal does for us is you have document storage in there mm -hmm. for your leases, all the stuff that the lender is going to ask for when you're going to purchase your next property, that you have that stuff stored. So acting quickly, there are several advantages. And one of them is you just send everything to the lender. You have your tax returns. Everything's there. So as soon as you're ready, man, it's nice to have just updating documents and sending a copy of the lease and settlement statement from your closing of your first property versus waiting a year and then starting all over again. So there are some advantages to uh, being ready faster, for sure. <laughs> so the plan is usually then over time, you're taking some of your personal funds, you're reinvesting it into real estate while saving your cash flow from your rentals and using those funds to continue to purchase. So that's the overview of a wealth plan and how it essentially works. But every single person is going to be a variation on that. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things about the wealth plan too, is that you can see what a lot of properties will do. I mean, you can mm -hmm. see what it will do without having to own them. Yep. So you can take bite-sized chunks out of this plan. And then you can see that one, well, I think one of the coolest things is you can watch if you own three, and your goal is to own whatever, 15, you can see the three and what they're doing and you can see that it corresponds with the plan and it gives you confidence to go from three to five and from five to 10 and to continue to move. And mm -hmm. we say this on the show a lot, but it takes a little bit of time to see what compounding and the time value of money and what both of those things do when they're plugged into real estate it takes a little bit of time, but man, once you see that, the wealth building that happens from those four returns simultaneously pumping all the time on your behalf is dramatic. Dramatic is a great word. Yeah. And once you can see that happen, you know, I don't, I don't think you really see all of it until your first year and you get in and you're doing your taxes. Mm -hmm. And you've bought these properties and you've made this money and there's, and there's no tax bill on the money that you made. Like that doesn't happen anywhere else. You buy a stock, the stock goes up, you sell the stock, you're paying capital gains, period. That's the only way to get the money. If you have a stock that pays you dividends, you're paying taxes on the dividends that they send you. This is the only investment that I know of where you literally make money and you don't have a tax bill at the end of the year. And so- yeah. Once you start to like put all of these things together, it becomes incredibly powerful. And there's a confidence that's built that the plan works. And then what's Katie bar the door? Then it's how many of these things can I? And yeah. And even when rates go up and cash flow drops a little, like I don't stop. Like it doesn't make any sense to stop. <laughs> Why? No, where Why else can I you get the return? Yeah. And you're in an inflationary market. So if you're waiting, for a crash, which is my probably favorite and least favorite comment, is your money is now negatively performing while you wait. That's, 
So I just, I've been in a mastermind the last couple of days as Heather knows, because I call her and tell her about all kinds of things, send her texts of screenshots of stuff that I'm learning. <laughs> so good. I love it. Everyone knows what's, everyone knows what part of the cycle that we're in. All of us do. There wasn't one person in there. And, and I mean, the people in their own, some of them own thousands of units. These are not your typical real estate investors. These are big boy real estate investors. None of them have stopped buying. None of them. Because where, yes, if you bought in 2012, your cash on cash return was ridiculous. I mean, it was just stupid. But where else are you going to be able to get the returns you can get currently? And we've been really spoiled with rates, but it wasn't. But like in 2018, they were almost five. I mean, I, 5.75. Remember, I own a rental at five. That's right. <laughs> and you know, when I started doing this in 2005, when I started doing the rental properties, we were selling and we were buying rental properties. Well, it was like six and a quarter. It didn't make any difference. It didn't make any yeah. difference. Yeah. It compresses the return just a little bit, but there's four returns, people. There's four of them. I mean, two of them can go away and you're still getting better returns than you can get almost anywhere else. And the crazy thing is that the two of them don't go away. Yep. I mean, the one we're talking about is appreciation. And as we've discussed multiple times on the show, that's the icing on the cake. That's what allows you to expand your portfolio. But really, you're still getting a cash flow return. Yep. You're still having someone pay down your principal and you're still getting tax breaks. All three of those, even if your cash return goes drops under double digit, it's still a double digit return and a pretty substantial double digit return. I don't know where else you can do that. Yep. It's like you always say stepping over dollar bills to pick up nickels. But in this instance, with an inflationary market, your money's actually worth less. So it's like you're stepping over dollar bills to pick up a debt. I don't know. <laughs> it's like to wait and just wait and see what happens. So I think as soon as you feel like you're ready, you have the reserves and you have the comfort level and that confidence that you talked about, Ron, I think that's when you move forward. There's no, there's like the waiting game just costs you money, really. And that's not to say that, lessons. that's not to say that you shouldn't take advantage of the market currently, because I certainly did. I sold a lot of properties. You guys all know I sold a lot of properties yeah. last year, but it's not like I left the money sitting on the sidelines either. I fattened up my liquidity and then I bought stuff before mm -hmm. the end of the year. If you remember, I it was, was amazing. I was trying like, crazy to buy more and more and more before the end of the year. And, and unfortunately I, I, I couldn't buy a whole lot before the end of the year, but I did buy Some. I think what most people would consider a lot of property before the end of the year. And I'll probably do that again this year, if I'm being honest. So there's nothing wrong with taking advantage of the market conditions and redeploying your capital. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all, but sitting around and waiting for the, the uh, bottom to fall out. No one, literally no one knows when that's going to happen. Nobody. Everyone can say whatever they want to say and postulate about it, but it's nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. I have my ideas. I have my theories. I heard a whole bunch the last couple of days, debated with some people, and it was interesting to hear their, their sides of things. I debate from a very confident position, but I listen and I don't, I'm not sure that I came away with a whole lot more knowledge about when things are going to flatten out than I did before. I can make a really solid argument for just about any side I wanted to right now, yeah, which, which means true. nobody really knows. Nobody knows. Really, nobody yeah. really knows. So if you buy on good fundamentals, just like what, two or three or four shows ago, we had John Galane on and he was talking about the one that he bought literally from me 
just months before the crash, like the absolute mm -hmm. possible new, time. New construction, new, new construction. construction, worst possible type of property, <laughs> worst possible timing that you could possibly do. And he killed it on that property. Yeah. And it lost depreciated. Yeah. And he still killed it because it yep. was cash flowing. Rents went up and he still had somebody paying off his mortgage and he still got tax benefits. All that stuff happened. Principles, and buying on the principles. So this was such a fantastic question. We had to get on here and talk about it. Like, how do you get comfortable? Well, part of it is hanging out with like-minded people. We've invited you guys to join our Facebook group. You certainly, you certainly are still invited to do that. We'll put a link in the show notes. You guys can jump on in if you want. It's a great positive atmosphere where people talk about you know, how to do things better. And there's a lot of yeah. savvy seasoned people in there who are willing to share it, which is fantastic. It's a great getting around people I'm who can encourage you and make and give you the confidence you need to be able to get past one, two, and then three so that you have your own confidence you can build off of. That's really the name of the game because feeling comfortable and confident moving forward that you know what you're doing and you have a game plan makes all the difference. Absolutely. And I think using the, our team to help guide you and help you build the plan, help walk you through when changes happen. I mean, we just, I just had a call this week that a client of another agent in the office, but the client is going to be losing their job at the end of March and they are planning and they're in the middle of escrow. And so we made a game plan to close them out. Right. So having someone by your side that can help you when things shift, but also set up and tee up a plan for you is, and if you work with someone on our team and you haven't done a plan, which is a possibility, please reach out and say to them, I want a wealth plan. When can we set up a time? So do it. Yeah. So just like always, everybody, man, I'm excited about the time that we're in right now. I'm excited about it. And man, I guess I'll just throw it out there. I'm, I'm excited. If the real estate market continues to go up, great. If the real estate market decides to flatten out, great. If the real estate market decides to start to go down, great. Great. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I literally don't care. <laughs> Nothing I'm doing is going to change in any of those scenarios. I'm going to continue to buy on. I mean, will I make more money if, if the market goes down? Sure. Am I going to wait for it? Nope. I'll just buy when the market's down too. And I'm going to still... take some chips okay. off the table now while it's up. Yeah. And I was on the mastermind. I guess I'll just state this. I was on the mastermind and the people are like, man, the market's going to go up for another two or three years. What are you selling now for? Well, I don't know. Not sure I agree with you. I don't know yeah. that it's going to go up for the next two or three years. And some people sold in 2006 instead of 2007 and they lost a year, but they didn't lose 50% yeah. in 2008 either. Right? Yeah, exactly. So reposition it into some other properties and then I'll just, I'll just hold the line. If the market goes down, I'll hold those properties and I'll buy some more. Mm -hmm. Doesn't change the strategy is what I'm saying. Sticking to the principles, I think is just the most important thing. I mean, I'm going out and touring property next week. I'm traveling and I'm all in. For me, it, I get the tax benefit, reduce my income, all the things that I'm like, yeah, how many can I buy this year? I'm just trying to constantly double what I did last year is kind of what it's ended up doing. And that has meant less taxes, more money in my pocket to then turn and buy more property. So. All right, everybody. There's a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. So feel free to join the group if you'd like to. And until next time, get out there and make something happen. Thanks, guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.